Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell, bringing you the latest information for families seeking to adopt, adoptees, and women considering placing a child for adoption. Now, with today's program, here is Marty Caldwell. Well, welcome and thank you for joining us today. What are kids saying about adoption today with my guest, Tom Bohorst, um, Bonhorst, I'm sorry. Uh, he's going to give us a glimpse into the fascinating thoughts of children of adoption. This is based on research he did for his master's thesis and his findings. They are quite interesting. I think you'll find the show quite interesting, so uh, do stay tuned for that. Before we start, I'd like to also invite you to sign up for our weekly reminder um, about our shows. Go to our site, letstalkadoption.com. You can click on the free reminder on the left side of the site, and we'll take care of it from there. We're also adding new shows all the time, so you'll find helpful resources on that site. If you have questions about adoption, parenting, um, or just give us some thoughts on some topics, if you like the show, um, we want to hear from you. We've been getting some great feedback. Um, send me an email at info at letstalkadoption.com. So what are kids saying about adoption? We are going to find out in the next three, uh, few minutes um, from someone that really knows this. My, my guest now is Tom uh, Bonhorst, and he has been doing some research. He um, has done quite a bit of work in this area, and I thought it was very interesting. He's an adoptive father, a writer, researcher, and through his research, he came to find out more about the topic um, of, of this topic here and also adoption without fear. So welcome to the show, Tom. Thank you, Marty. You know, tell me a little bit about yourself and your experience in the adoption field and why you chose this, this particular topic. Well, uh, my first um, contact with the adoptive world was back in 1983 when we adopted our son, uh, Brendan, through Catholic Human Services here in Traverse City. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a as a result of that, uh, I was included in the book Adoption Without Fear. I wrote mm-hmm. a, a chapter for that book that was mm-hmm. published in 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, I started work at the agency in 1993 as a counselor, mm-hmm. and I was getting my uh, master's degree uh, in the mid to late 90s, and one of the requirements was to do a research project. Mm-hmm. And so I spoke with Jim Gritter, who was the um, adoption uh, director here at Catholic Human Services about interviewing children who had uh, been adopted through open arrangements, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's how it came about. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I presented that paper at a national open adoption conference in Traverse City in 1999, mm-hmm. and as it turned out, I replaced uh, Jim Gritter here uh, after, as he retired mm-hmm. um, earlier this year. And we're going to give out your website also. Um, I'm going to give it out now so people do have it. It's catholichumanservices.org, right? Correct. Right. So they can get more information, too, about your program there. Tell us about the children that you interviewed and their relationship with their birth families. Well, I interviewed uh, 10 kids Mm -hmm. who were ages 8 to 17, and um, they were all volunteers for the project. Uh, the research wasn't real. I wasn't really measuring anything. I just wanted to hear their stories. Mm-hmm. So I um, I constructed some questions, open-ended mm-hmm. questions, to mm-hmm. find out what their experience had been. Mm-hmm. And um, I can give a brief synopsis of, yes, uh, of these kids. Okay, the first was April, who was age 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has uh, frequent phone contact with her birth mom, spends two weeks in the summer with her. She said, uh, we're really like good friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, her relationship is like, she said it would be like one that she would have an aunt pretty mm-hmm. close. Mm-hmm. People see a strong resemblance 
between her and her birth mom, which she feels is a compliment. Mm -hmm. Uh, She said she's always been there when I needed her. And she described the relationship between her birth mom and her adoptive mom as like best friends. Mm-hmm. I hear that often. Yeah. Uh, there was Lauren, age 12, who was the oldest of three kids in the family that I interviewed, all from different uh, birth families. Uh, she has the most contact with her birth family. She sees her birth mom two to three times a year and observes an open and relaxed relationship between her parents and birth family. Mm-hmm. Her younger brother, Chris, age 11, um, he said, I don't feel that close to his birth family, but I still love them. Mm-hmm. He had no face-to-face with uh, any members of his birth family until he was age 6, mm-hmm. but stayed in touch during holidays. He attended his birth mom's wedding um, a year before our interview, which was kind of a watershed experience for him. He made mm-hmm. connections to members of his uh, birth family and felt special because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the youngest uh, member of that family that I interviewed was Missy, age 8. Mm-hmm. Uh, her last face-to-face contact was four years before. Uh, she had been a flower child at her birth mom's wedding. She actually talks with her birth grandparents uh, more than she does with her birth mom. And at the conclusion of the interview, she got up out of her chair, threw her arms in the air, and said, Notice that I am happy with adoption. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, then there was Aaron, about age 11. Mm-hmm. He said he was shy at first with his birth mom, but now considers her like a big sister. Mm-hmm. And they spend um, special days in the summer together. Mm-hmm. Uh, There was Julie, age 17, and she had by far the most contacts with uh, her her birth family. Uh, They began about age 10 when she expressed a need for that. Mm -hmm. She said, I love being adopted. I love having two families. I think it's the most awesome thing. Uh, Julie's birth mom lives here in Traverse City, and so Mm -hmm. she sees her about on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. She said, we are best friends. I tell her everything I tell my mom. Mm -hmm. Both families support the other, Mm -hmm. and uh, even though there are two separate uh, families, the emotional boundary between the families seems uh, clear and concise Mm -hmm. so that any uh, matters are clearly contained in each family. Mm -hmm. How did you find these uh, these kids? Well, I came to Jim Gritter, and Mm -hmm. I asked who these... uh, who might be good candidates, and Mm -hmm. he sent out a questionnaire to, um, to the families that he had worked with and these were the kids that volunteered to come forward That's to be That's great. So they were open about doing that, too, and some really good insight to that, too. You know, the interviews you, you talked about, and we talked about a little bit about the relationship, um, you had said the knowledge of their backgrounds. How much knowledge did they have of the backgrounds, and were they all adopted at birth, or were they adopted when they were older? Uh, these kids were uh, all adopted as infants. Okay. And what did they know about their background? Well, it's it's interesting. Um, only about five of the ten uh, knew about all the circumstances from their adoptions, mm-hmm. uh, but their uh, their knowledge about their backgrounds, like I said, varied. But it was mm-hmm. um, interesting that they all expressed an interest in establishing uh, more meaningful relationships uh, with mm-hmm. members of their birth families. And they didn't feel like their parents were threatened, their adoptive parents were threatened then by this relationship. No, not at all. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing that really came uh, shining through very clearly was Mm -hmm. that the adoptive parents were very supportive of these relationships, nurtured these relationships, and were initiators of these relationships. And they found a value in it then for the children, too. Do you feel like these kids were a little bit more 
um, well-balanced or, or um, relaxed about their adoption versus a child that comes from a closed adoption or, or doesn't have contact? Very relaxed, mm-hmm. yes, very relaxed. Um, there was one, one child in particular that uh, had some longings and yearnings for her uh, more contact with her birth family. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to your question about uh, knowledge of their backgrounds, mm-hmm. I have some comments that I've compiled about those. Okay, let's hear them. you'd like. Um, one child said, it's nice to know what your background is. My typical thing is I say I'm Irish, Polish, Scotch, and Dutch by association. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Another, the youngest child said, in researching a genealogy assignment for school, I found out I was Hungarian, so I was pretty excited. It's my real background. Mm -hmm. Um, Another child said, her birth mother's side is Finnish, and I think my birth father's side is Czechoslovakian. We would always be asked to find out what our ethnic background was, and I always knew. So if I ha- wouldn't have known, I would have felt left out. Yeah, that's good. That's a very good point. Yeah. Another good reason for that, too. You know, um, did you find some surprising facts when you did your research, too? It's really surprising that you didn't expect it to, have to come out. Well, one thing that um, I had not anticipated was the... Uh, about five of the kids had experienced uh, some emotional turmoil about the age of 10. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in fact, my son Brendan, about the age of 10, also went through kind of an identity crisis and wanted to uh, desperately know more about his birth family. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this was a theme that, that came out. Uh, one girl, April, said that... Uh, she kind of went into, even though she had established a relationship with her birth family, she was uh, kind of throwing fits at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said that her younger brother, who was is 10, uh, was 10 at the time, was going through some sort of a, a, a similar situation. So I think developmentally kids kind of... Um, uh, they about go th- 10. About age. the age of 10, yeah, yeah. That's good to know for adoptive parents listening, too, and birth parents listening. Right, um, and for 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 it seems to be a crucial time when they're kind of putting the pieces together for mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah, for the first time, asking some questions too. Right. Yeah, you know, some uh, opponents of the open adoption process have expressed concern that relationships of two families might confuse children. What do the kids say about open adoption uh, and and their feelings toward that? Um, about closed about, adoption. Oh yeah, about closed adoption, open adoption, because you know people are con- they they feel like they're going to be confused, and that's I hear this all the time. Well, if they have an open relationship, they're going to be confused on who their parents are. Mm-hmm. And I know I have my answer for it, but I, what did the kids say? when Were they confused? They were not confused. Um, some of their comments about uh, closed adoption would, uh, are, are these. Um, Chris at age 11 said, I would, really, I would be really anxious to see my birth family. I would wonder a lot more about things. I think that uh, kids in, open, in closed adoptions would think about adoptions more often than I would. I think some would be a lot more depressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think adopted kids should be kept away from their real parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said there is no rocky step in between there. Mm-hmm. Uh, April, uh, age 13, said, uh, closed kids uh, think I am lucky that I am close to my birth mom. Mm-hmm. Lauren, age 12, said, uh, you wouldn't know where you started from. Wow. And Jessica, 
uh, age 17, said, I think it's sad. I think it's a very troubling thing. It's depressing when you know there is somebody there and you have never met them before. Mm-hmm. She said, I think their life is really shattery compared to mine. Mm-hmm. Those are some really, really deep thoughts these kids have and share, too. You know, um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue sharing more about what kids are saying about adoption um, uh, from our guest tonight today that we are discussing that I think is fascinating on his research he has done in this particular area, too. So we come back after this quick break. we have more to share with you on what kids are saying about adoption. We'll be right back. God has a plan for each of us. Sometimes we simply aren't sure what that is. Many Christian families are struggling today with infertility and pregnancy loss and feel forgotten as to God's plan for their lives. Is God trying to convey His plan to you? Perhaps He is trying to lead you to another path for building your family. Christian families are being built every day through the miracle of adoption. There is hope and there's a child for you. Visit LifetimeAdoption.org. Or call 530-432-7373 to learn more about welcoming a baby into your heart through adoption. Welcome back to Let's Talk Adoption. I'm Marty Caldwell on KFIA AM 710. And if you just joined the program, we're talking today with um, a wonderful author and a uh, professional in adoption, uh, Tom uh, Bonhorst. Did I say that right, Tom? That's correct. Okay, good. And uh, we're talking today about what kids are saying about adoption. Tom has done some great research in this area and a research paper. He works in the adoption field. He's an adopted father himself. And so we're going to continue on on what these kids are saying because I think we really learn from that. Uh, I do want to mention one of our resources, too, is available at local bookstores. It's a book I wrote, AdoptingOnline.com. You can uh, save $10 off. You go to the website. Um, It's a great gift for holidays or for people that you know are considering adoption, too. So if you go to the site, AdoptingOnline.com, and you get $10 off, actually, and uh, there's a money-back guarantee. It's a resource that I wrote to help adopted parents with 1,200 adoption uh, sites and resources in the back of it, and valuable tips and lots of stories, too. So uh, helping you with uh, financing your adoption, that type of thing. So let us know if you enjoy that uh, resource. So, Tom, before we left, we were talking a little bit about what the kids were saying about other kids that have closed adoptions and their thoughts. What else did they share about, um, you know, their feelings toward their birth family or, or, or generally about, you know, being adopted? Well, as I mentioned, um, all of the kids wished for even more uh, forceful, meaningful relationships with their um, birth families. And the level of openness that they, that they had was really um, uh, varied. Uh, the two kids that um, were kind of sad in their presentations were ones that uh, had longed for most uh, more open relationships. Uh, the older girl... Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa was 15, and she had uh, some acceptance over that. Uh, the, the younger girl uh, that I'm talking about was uh, kind of wished that her uh, birth mom just lived a bike ride away, mm. which was a poignant statement. Um, 
when I presented this, this paper in 1999, it turns out that that girl's birth mom was in the audience. Wow. And she heard uh, my rendition of, of what her uh, daughter's statements had been, and she took them very much to heart. And after uh, the conference, uh, she uh, decided that the time had come to have, have more of a close relationship with her, and mm-hmm. so that, that story definitely has a happy ending. Mm-hmm. How about uh, p- parents that are just not um, emotionally or available or physically available? They're, they're just not there. Maybe they've passed away. Um, did you have any children that had situations where their birth family was not in the area and that they don't have that kind of contact and there's not a chance of that? Well, um, no, most of the, eight of the kids had uh, had consistent contacts with their members of their birth family. Mm-hmm. Um, the one girl in particular, Lisa, age 15, wasn't didn't understand why her birth mom had not had any contact, and it w- and uh, her adoptive parents uh, tried to console her and give her different uh, scenarios, which mm-hmm. might help explain why uh, birth mom was not available. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so that was that was really the only one. The only one. How about grandparents? Did you have any grandparents that were involved? A birth grandparents? Um, many birth grandparents were mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, one girl, uh, um, Julie, uh, had a picture of her 100-year-old great grandmother. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, she had met her uh, just uh, two years before the great grandmother's death, mm-hmm. and had a picture and. I would speculate that that picture will be very important to her as time goes on. Right. Did you feel like these kids uh, were uh, average or above average in school as far as because of their, um, I know I'm going to probably get hate mail on this now, but uh, <laughs> uh, but because uh, because of this calm they had. I mean, kids are facing so many issues in their life today. Right. And I feel like if we can give them as much information that will help them, uh, that maybe they they won't be focused on this when they're supposed to be focusing on school or other things. Did you find that or did you ask that at all? Um, I didn't ask that all at all, but my impression was that these kids were high achievers. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, they got a tremendous amount of support from their adoptive parents. And um, one child in particular uh, said that she was uh, talking about her gr- gratitude towards her birth mother, mm-hmm. but she recognized that if she her birth mother had not placed her for adoption, that her life would have been different, and she probably would not have had all the benefits that her Christianity, she probably would not have had the uh, strong Christian uh, beliefs that she had. And, you know, I hear that from from uh, adoptees, and I, I hear often, even now, with working with birth mothers, uh, one of their biggest fears is, I don't want my child to hate me, and I'm really fearful of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you find? Did you find people that were, any of the kids that were at all hateful in any areas or resentful that they couldn't have been, you know, raised? I mean, I'm sure a lot of them would have liked to have been raised in their birth family, but for one reason or another, they couldn't. But did you find anything in your your research? I just found absolutely no resentment at all. Uh-huh. And I found that, too. And I, I it's it just this fallacy, I think, that people feel like, oh, they're going to hate me. And, you know, um, but I just feel like open adoption, I, I see it in closed adoption. I see a lot of bitterness in adoptees because they don't have that information. Right. You know, why, why, why? And there's a constantly that runs through their head and they're taking up valuable time because we can only think of one thing at a time. <laughs> and exactly. so when we're, we're worried about something that could have very easily been answered, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're not enjoying the present. Exactly. You know, and I think that's important, too. Um, you know, we talked about uh, we had a girl, Sarah, the oldest child you spoke to. Given her maturity, was there something significant she had to share also? Well, I made a note of some of her comments. 
and I can share them with you. Please do. Uh, she said, um, it doesn't seem that a closed adoption child would have the richness of background that I have. She said that if her adoption were closed, I don't think I would be nearly as open a person as I am. I think that I wouldn't be nearly as real of a person as I am. I might be searching for my family or whatever, but quite frankly, I can't even imagine it. I've imagined not knowing my birth mother, but it seems so foreign to me. I think I would kind of have two faces if it was closed. I think not knowing about her birth family and then having to go and pretend that I was assured, you know, there would be a dichotomy there of what is going on and what I am trying to put forth. Some of my friends asked me, how come your mom didn't want you? And I immediately point out that, of course, she wanted me. And that's the first thing I make everybody realize is that my birth mother wanted me more than anything. I'm sure that's, that was the hardest thing she ever did to give me up because she loved me. And that's why I make it clear, and they think it's really neat that I have contact with her. As far as it, any advantages to closed adoption, Sarah said, I guess if you could count it as an advantage not having to think about it, I wouldn't count that as an advantage because I like to think about everything, but maybe just kind of not having to worry about it maybe and kind of pushing it aside. There would be tension between myself if I were closed adopted, between myself and my adopted parents because it seems that they were trying to hide something. As far as op advantages to open adoption, she said, just the open part, it just allows for so much more ease and the ability to be up front and basically being able to know what is going on in full force and being in the middle of everything, I guess, that's the greatest advantage. Mm -hmm. uh, the question I asked was, some people are concerned that open adoption confuses kids. What do you think? Wow, that's what her response was. She said, I think that anybody who thinks that probably doesn't know anything about adoption. I mean, mm -hmm. for certain, they were not adopted themselves. I can't imagine anybody thinking that. I'm certainly not confused. I mean, I know that part of me has come from my birth mother, but basically you are influenced by your environment and by your parents that you live with every day. And I don't know why. I mean, it might lead to some confusion if it weren't totally open. When it's closed, everything is just really confused. And that's from a 17-year-old? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She, incidentally, is a... A PhD student now. In yeah, Chicago. okay. Wow. That's great. <laughs> yeah. What insight, you know? I mean, out of the mouth of babes, even at 17, though she's a woman, uh, you know, the, the real insight that we all can learn from. You know, share with us, we've just got a few minutes here, but. You know, I, I always my heart goes out to international children, children that are that are from um, the inner their families through an international adoption. Mm -hmm. What what did you did any of the children comment on this at all about? because they really don't have a choice many times. They don't have this information, and that breaks my heart, but there's not much we can do about that. Yeah, we really didn't touch on that, mm -hmm. uh, but certainly um, uh, kids in international adoptions face the same same problems as kids from closed adoptions, okay. Yeah, wanting to know about their roots and... Uh, and information and it's a lot of times they just don't have that and it's just working through it too yeah tell me uh just briefly here and my last question to you what advice can you leave with listeners that, that you learn through this research or that can maybe help them about adoption well i one thing that came that came through crystal clear is that the thing that leads to confusion is lack of knowledge mm -hmm. okay and that when children are pro are provided as with as much information as the is available mm -hmm and are encouraged to find out that information, uh, their 
confusion and anxiety go down. Right. Well, listen, you know what, Tom? We're running out of time here. They're giving me the, the minute up that I've got to cut out of here. But I want to give your website out one more time. Okay. It's catholichumanservices.org, right? Correct. And if they want to contact you there, they can go onto site and they can email you then for more information about this research. And I know you've got it on C- a tape also, correct? Let me give you my email address. Yes, please do. T. Bonhorst, that's spelled B O H N H O R S T, at CatholicHumanServices.org. Okay, we've got that down. Well, listen, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Well, this is Marty Caldwell. I hope you've enjoyed the show, and we're going to see you next week. I hope you have a wonderful and blessed week, and uh, we'll see you next week. God bless you. Have a great week. Bye-bye now. Thank you for joining us for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. For more adoption information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com or call 1-800-923-6784. That's 1-800-9-ADOPT-4. And tune in again next week at the same time for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell.